What's up, y'all? It's Miles the Millennial, the millennial who's actually not a millennial, but is technically still a millennial. And you guys are tuning in to the first episode of Millennials with the Mindset, the podcast where we're going to discuss everything from power, money, love, you know, everything that goes on in our lives, the struggles that we have, the power that we have as young people and young adults in America today. So I hope that you guys can be inspired and enjoy the conversations that I have with some very inspiring and powerful individuals. Um, today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Malik Smith, the pilot, the business owner, the, the, the guy, man. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on the podcast, man. man. I'm excited. <laughs> no problem. No problem. This is something I've been talking about for a long time. And you were one of the first people I, I thought about getting on here because the conversations me and you have on a daily basis are just extremely powerful. So I know we're going to be able to give people some powerful gems today. For sure. So we'll start, let's just, you know, start normal. What have you been up to, man? What's going on in your life? Um, uh, what's, what's not going on in my life? Actually, uh, I recently started my own company in the process of obtaining my uh, private pilot's license. And oh, wow. less, than a, less than a month away from from being a licensed pilot. So just really focusing and studying on that and, you know, making sure that, um, you know, I make it happen. It's my, been my passion for a while now. So I'm excited. Man, what inspires you to be a pilot? I mean, there's not many people that look like me and you that are, are pilots. I know I've never seen one in my life. So <laughs> what inspired you to be like, you know, I want to go up in planes and fly them all the time? Uh, really, I mean, it came out, um, my parents, they traveled a lot when, when me and my brother were younger. Um, they traveled a lot, and uh, they would always take us, you know, on the planes with them. And from a young age, I was I was um, on planes a lot. And, um, you know, after going on planes for so long, I started get uh, started familiarizing myself with the pilots and stuff. And they would uh, allow me and my brother to come in and check out the, the cockpit and, I used to see all the buttons and controls, and I was just like, "Yo, like, how how does this work? Like, I want I want to fly planes too." So from a young age, I had always wanted to fly planes, like, and I knew I did. Um, and at the age of nine is when I took my first flight with an instructor. So I flew my first plane. And the moment I had landed, I was like, "Yeah, I know that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life." It was a no-brainer. Wow, that's amazing, man. So. You know, you said something that I think is something we need to touch on. You, you spoke on the fact that when you were young, you and your family traveled a lot. You know, your folks went on a lot yeah. of flights, a lot of places. What effect do you think that had on your life and maybe your outlook on the world? Because I know me personally, me and my family, we traveled a lot. My, my father worked for the airlines. So, you know, we flew free everywhere we wanted to go. And every summer we would go to new places across the country, even places outside of the United States. And I think for me, it opened my eyes to the fact that there are so many things, not just within your city or your state, you know, or even within your country, like people are different everywhere. Cultures are different everywhere. And 
there's so much more to learn and that having a worldly view will really take you far. I think it had a very prominent effect on the rest of my life to this point. You know, what effect do you think that had on you? Um, well, it had a, it had a huge effect on me. Um, and I say that because, so I had, I grew up in California. Um, ever, you know, so for those who have been in California, you understand, like it's a, it's a real diverse place to be. Um, it's a, it's a melting pot of all races, of all cultures. And, you know, so that was a, that was an eye opener. Um, yeah. just as far as just being around different people, you know, um, I was around, you know, obviously, you know, blacks, whites, Hispanics, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans. I mean, anything you could think of. I'm eating all kinds of food and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, one thing that I noticed was, especially when it comes to, to our black community, was that there's not a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, who, who've had the opportunity to leave, you know what I'm saying, where, where they basically grew up, where they were raised. And I really experienced that when I had fully made the move to Cleveland. And I really had experienced that, like, traveling and being outside of your area, your city, your comfort zone was not normal in the Black community. Um, and I was telling that I had been, and they're like, where, what are you talking about? And me, you know, coming from a family who, you know, it, it travel a lot, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you haven't, you've never been on a plane before? Or, you know, you haven't been to this place before? And they're like, no, absolutely not. Like, I, I don't even know. I can't tell you what a plane looks like. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah. So I, it was at that time I started to understand like, oh, okay, so this is, this is, this is a big problem. Yeah. This is a big, big problem. And you have people like myself who thought that was the norm. It was normal yeah. to travel. It was normal to go places and take trips and, you know, go on family vacations to different, you know, different places. Like it, that's, that's what was normal to me. And we have people, you know, who say, who look just like me and you, who, they never even been outside the city lines of Cleveland, yeah. let alone to a to another state or you know what I'm saying another country. And it was just, it was an eye opener for me, man. And I think there are some very detrimental things that can come from not knowing what it's like outside of where you grew up. You know, you grow up with you know I'm from Houston. If you grow up with just a Houston mindset or just a Texas mindset, that's all you know. That's all you're focused on. That's the way you operate. That's how your mind thinks to survive is in a local-based mindset. You never think about the possibilities of expansion, of growing, of going different places and, and really taking chances in life. You know, I think that was a big reason why I decided to leave when college came and go all the way to Nashville, Tennessee, was because I knew because of the fact that I had traveled when I was younger that there's so many more people in this world, so many more things to learn, so much more to experience and that if I stay here in this state where I've already grown up and experienced my life, I'm going to be limited as to the things I know. And one of the biggest things I tell anybody who's young and you're making that decision about where you're going to go, leave home, you know, especially if you know, you have the, the mental capacity to be able to withstand it, leave. It'll be the mm -hmm. best decision you ever make because you have an opportunity to not only find yourself, but also to, to find others and experience other people in different outcomes and it'll lead you down some amazing paths in your life that I think if you stay where you're at, you'll never go outside of your comfort zone to really seek. Man. And, you know, another thing that I noticed, um, you know, we follow each other on Twitter. And I remember when you posted that, you know, you're about to become a black pilot. You know, there was a dude who commented and he was like, well, why do you have to be a black pilot? 
why can't you just be a pilot? The race game is just going too far. And, you know, that, that comment kind of infuriated me and a lot of other people. And I just wanted to know, like, you know, one, how did it make you feel? And two, why is it important for you to put black in front of the fact that you're a pilot? Why is it so important to say that you're, uh, you know, black whenever you're talking about the accomplishments and achievements that you have in life? Well, when I first when I first saw the comment, um, I'm not gonna lie to you, I was I was definitely enraged because you know this guy doesn't know me and I don't know him, you know what I'm saying? So he felt the need to to comment about, you know, my race and kind of, you know, come at me sideways. And I didn't appreciate that at all because um if there's one thing that I really make sure that I do is I always every time I step out the door, I'm representing something bigger than just Malik. I'm representing, mm-hmm. I'm representing Fisk University. I'm representing the Smith, my family. I'm representing Alpha Delta, you know, a member, you know, Cap Alpha Psi. There's so much more. So, you know, it, 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 it really made me mad. But then I had to think like, okay, this is a part of the reason of why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had to really just think about it like, he's not, he's not, let me educate him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a time for me to educate him. And so instead of getting mad and getting upset how I normally would, I took the time to step back and just reflect, you know what? Let me educate this guy. And so that leads me to my next, you, you know, your next question you would ask me. Why do I put, why do I make it known that I am a black pilot? Well, one, because that's who I am. I'm a black man and I'm comfortable in my black skin. Yeah. And that will change. So that's reason number one. Number two, in the pilot industry, in the pilot industry alone, less than 2% are African-American. Less than 2%. So there's, it's what I call, that's a rarity to see someone who looks like me achieving something that not many can and not many have even attempted. So Again, this goes back to what I was talking about creating opportunities for the youth. You know, growing up, I was always told, you know, oh, you can be whatever you can be. You can, if you want to be an astronaut, go be an astronaut. You know, if you want to make medicine and, and become a pharmacist, you know what I'm saying? A pharmacist, do that. And I agree with that, but to a certain extent. And I say that because people need to experience people that look like them in positions that they want to be in in order for them to, to get the mindset and understand that, okay, now I can do this. So yeah. by me being a black pilot, they're saying, they see, oh, okay, he's black. You know, he's a cool guy and he's flying planes. I could be a pilot too. So now it, now they we've bridged that gap between what becomes a dream and a fantasy from a person's mind to now it's in their mind and now it's like a goal yeah you know it becomes a reality yeah it becomes it becomes a reality and that's why that's why i talk about being a black pilot it's because i'm showcasing black excellence i'm showcasing black excellence in a field where there's not many of us Mm. you know i'm showing i'm i'm showcasing black excellence in I'm a I'm a basketball player, member of the organization. You know, I'm a brother first, I'm a son, you know. 
and also fly airplanes, you know? So that's powerful, man. That's really powerful. I think it's a, a very key thing that we highlight when we're doing the special things that we're doing. Because how else are we going to be able to inspire other people to do it and to achieve it if they don't know that it's really possible for them? So we have to open those doors, man. I think you said something powerful when you said bridging that gap. So do you feel personally that it's our job as young adults to kind of open and set that pathway for them to come after us? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And I think, and by doing that, you, you, people, a lot of times people like to change who they are, you know what I'm saying, to try to fit the social norm. That I feel like is, is, is a curse because you need to, they, people, the youth has, has to understand that you have to be who you are. You know, you, you have to, you have to be who you are. And by doing that, you know, especially me, when I go flying, I always have my tattoo shown. Always, mm. always, always, always. And people might not think that's a big, a, a big deal. Like, okay, you're, you know what I'm saying? You have tattoos, okay. But to me, it is a big deal. Because when people look at me, they say, oh, okay, okay, he has tattoos. He's six, seven. He's, uh, he's just a basketball player. He's just another athlete. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People kind of already have these, these pre-connotations of me just off the way I look. And the one mm. thing I love, one of the best things I love about myself is I love breaking down barriers. Yeah, I love I love changing people's outlooks on our community because of how I am, and that and that happens a lot. You know that that really does happen a lot. Um, one of the flight schools I went to, and I walked in, and he guy the gentleman looked at me and he said, "Hey man, are you lost?" Hmm. Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm not lost. Actually, you know, I'm looking to I want to fly airplanes. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking, Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I, I, I just didn't know. I, I wasn't sure what you were looking for. What mm -hmm. that told me <laughs> was all that all that told me was I'm black. Yeah, I shouldn't be here. Yeah, he did not. He wasn't expecting me to be there to do something that ninety eight percent of people that look like him do. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, to him, it was like we ain't never seen one of him before. He must have got lost. Yeah, I was in the you, wrong area. This this ain't for you, man. You need you need to go somewhere else. And you know the funny thing is, I think that's a powerful thing because it's a struggle, man. You know, I work in corporate America. It's a struggle because you always seem to find yourself under this veil, you know, in, in this in this dichotomy between what your black side and your black friends and your black family know versus what white America knows and everybody else outside of your black community knows. And you always have to walk this thin line. And, I, and, and it's really, when you think about it, it's unfair and it's mentally disturbing, disturbing because you can never be 100% your full self. You know, right. the only time you can do, in the most important circumstances where you can really shine, where you can really break the barriers, you have to conform to what they think is acceptable before you can even break the barrier. Because right. if you walk into the interview, you know what I'm saying, and you have your tattoo showing, you're not going to get the job. More times than not. Right. You know? But I think what's happening in America in general is there's starting to become a more, an opening to the these old principles, these old 
you know, values that companies and people used to hold as a standard and, and used to say as a metric of, oh, this is what our, our uh, ideal customer, our ideal employee is going to look like. And what they realized is it's a lot more important for us to be focused on who brings what to the table. You know, we need people who can do their job. We need people who are creative, people who bring a different perspective, you know? And, and, and the funniest thing is when it comes to flying, they need somebody who can fly an airplane, somebody that can do that job reliably, take care of business, make sure everybody gets where they need to go to and from state. And they can't deny that you can do that. And, and so I encourage you, man, to not, to, to, to never stop doing what you're doing and to keep breaking those barriers because you know the power it probably has on other people you know especially on the youngest you know the young black boys who are growing up and they see this like dude flying airplanes is cool first off it's cool if it is hard enough to even get examples of black men that are lawyers and doctors in your community but especially something like flying a plane which is actually something that i think would intrigue a lot of young black men if you put it in front of them because I think it makes them feel powerful, you know? You doing that, you could change a whole generation, Malik. Yeah. You really could, man. One of, the, one, of the, one of the many things that my parents instilled in me was you, you, you pay it forward and you give back. You give back to the community. And... I heard that so much growing up, but never really understood what it like what it truly meant to pay it forward. You know, mm. paying it forward to me at the time when I, you know, as as I was growing up, was just being a leader, and and that could mean different things. You know, I've always been a basketball player, so I lead on the basketball court. You know, like that's that's a form yeah. of leader. You know, paying it forward. If, if they if guys see you going hard every day in practice, nine times ten they're gonna go hard too because their leader, their captain is doing it. You know, yeah. um. And I've always wanted to just make sure that I I stand out, but not but not being cocky. Stand out yeah. as in, I want to stand out to people because I want to help people create opportunities. Mm. You know, with this flying stuff, I have gone through many different kinds of ideas of what I wanted to do. When I first when I first started flying, I was like, okay, I want to fly for Southwest, I want to fly for the airlines. And I'm like, oh, okay, well that seems pretty cool, but nah. I don't want to, I don't, it's like flying a bus in there. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. So then I'm like, oh, okay, well, um, I love, you know, I love traveling. I'm like, oh, I could fly for like UPS, FedEx, and, you know, travel, go international, travel the world, and see different things. And I'm like, uh, you know, you're only going to fly with the same crew every time. That's, that's going to get boring, you know? So I wanted to make sure that I incorporated what was instilled in me with my passion. Mm. And I came up with the idea that while flying, you know, using this, this flying to get to my end goal. So my first goal I want to achieve is I, I want to start my own private charter airline. Mm. My, my, let me take that back. I want to start my Black-owned private yeah. charter yeah. airline. Yeah, they, they can know. You know, you know build relationships, network create opportunities, create jobs for people, you know? My long-term, my end goal, what I fully want to reach, and I want to open up a, my Black-owned flight school and help teach kids who look just like me and you to fly airplanes. 
man. Took the opportunities through through high school. Start them at a young age, high school, middle school. Yeah. You know, get it accredited. And that's real. You gotta have that paperwork. Yeah. Man. So what do you think is you 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 what you just hit on, I think is something that we need to pay attention and be more intentional about is what happens to our youth when they are youth. Um what we put in front of them. What do you think were some of the the critical moments in your life that kind of were turning points as to where you saw your future going and what you wanted to be? Was it sports? Was it different organizations you were in? Was it just a moment? Some click, somebody said something? It was, it was definitely, it was most definitely sports. I would say that. Mm -hmm. um, sports just taught me, sports taught me so much. It taught me how to, Sports taught me how to lead. Um, sports taught me how to achieve things when you didn't think it was possible. Um, dealing dealing with adversity, you know. Sports sports just taught me taught me so much that you know I I can't even. <laughs> it's it's just so much that I can I could do I could talk about sports and sports all day. But the youth man. What I really understood is now that I'm older and looking back on when I was younger, I paid attention to everything. Everything mm -hmm. that my parents did and said, um, I listened to everything. I saw everything. That tends yeah. to happen. Even you pay, yeah. you pay attention to everything. You know, it starts, it starts from a young age. So, you know, growing up, it's, a lot of it has to do with, with what kids put in front of us. You know, what is, what is, what what has our attention? What do we see? What we see on TV. What do we listen to? Our music wise, you know. I feel like I feel like that's I feel like that's another big problem too. Is the music that we listen to. Now I'm not saying to cut all cut all the rap music out, but we have rappers who look just like me and you. Yeah. Talking about going around and talking about wanting to kill each other, you know, being degrading towards women. Well, I take it even a step further. You have a child who, unfortunately, let's look at the statistics. Black communities don't have a lot of two-parent homes. It's, it's not yeah. common. Yeah. So we have a child who's kind of, you know what I'm saying, kind of finding it on their own, you know, and they're listening to these types of music. Well, nine times out of 10, they're going to follow that. Yeah. They're going to think it's cool to be out here in the streets. And you know what I'm saying? And, um, and you know, bang the streets. They're gonna think it's cool to degrade women. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and treat them as treat them as as items. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. And I feel like what I'm what I want to do is I wanna I wanna get the youth. I wanna get to them early. You know. And my I'm not saying it's gonna help every single person, but at least give them the opportunity to 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 see something positive. And, and and hopefully, you know what I'm saying. Hopefully, it it'll help with alleviate some of the stuff that's going on mainstream. You know what I'm saying, going yeah. on in the community on an everyday basis. We turn on the TV, watch the news. You, we see how many times if someone has committed a crime, or yeah. or or you know what I'm saying has done something wrong in their past. One time, might have I don't know shoplifted or whatever. They that one incident will outweigh everything that person has built up because the media the news outlets they showcase that mugshot yep. you know 
You know what I mean? They, they showcase the mugshot. And they, and they let us thugs, criminals. You know what I'm saying? Hoodlums. Yeah. Man, it's interesting because, you know, I listened to Prince Donnell a lot. And he broke down in this video. He talked about how one of the things that we as men for sure do, but people in general do, um, and I think it's also a problem predominantly in the black community is we label things as not being that deep. You know, we say, oh, it's not that deep. You know, I'm just listening to this music or it's not that deep. I'm just smoking a little weed or it's not that deep. I'm just drinking a little bit, whatever it is. And we think that because our conscious mind is, you know, telling ourselves that, oh, this is just for entertainment or this is just, you know, for this little bit of relief or just for tonight that, oh, that's all it's going to be. But what we don't realize is your subconscious mind cannot differentiate between what is deep and what is not deep. Right. It cannot ever tell itself. Their subconscious mind's job is to pick up on everything and absorb everything and, and hold it in. That's his job. That way it can be used for other experiences, other ways to, to get you through trials and tribulations and, and prosperity. That's yeah. your subconscious mind's job. So when you listen to something long enough, and it keeps going into your head, it will eventually become a part of the subconscious mind, which will show itself in a conscious way. It will show itself in a very outward and, 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 and forceful way in the way that you talk, the way that you think. You know, something I know I've noticed in my life is when I go through periods where I'm listening to a lot of like trap or like some real hard rap music, you know, I like, I have my period. Sometimes I listen to my conscious rap, you know, I'm on my J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar type stuff. Sometimes I'm, I'm trying to thug out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm listening right. to Key Glock every day. I'm right. listening to all these people, you know, some of my favorite artists, I love their music, you know, but what I notice is when I get into those zones, I also find myself being a lot more aggressive, a lot, a lot more angry. Like it's just more negative in my soul. I walk around like, yeah, uh, uh, dude better not try me. You know what I'm saying? I wish somebody yeah. would just because you just already on edge because that's what you've been reinforcing in your mind. And when I'm singing the songs and I'm jamming them, you know, I know that, you know, I'm just jamming this because it's fun. Like, I'm not really out here trying to kill nobody. But you don't realize that that stuff does become a part of you. Yeah. It, it becomes deeply ingrained in the subconscious DNA that will show itself. And you also mm -hmm. find yourself putting yourself in situations that you know you should walk away from. Situations that you know you need to just remove yourself from early on. But you, 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 you don't listen to a little bit too much future. You listen to a little bit too much uh, pop smoke, and it's making yeah. you want to show somebody what you made of. And right. I think we really have to be intentional, especially at a young age, about what we pouring into, what we're pouring into our minds. You know, we can't keep sitting here as a community saying things aren't that deep. You know, because us saying things ain't that deep has just been a defense mechanism for us not to face the actual roots of our issues. For us not to take accountability and responsibility for the fact that, yo, you can control your mindset. Is why I live by the saying, and I say it all the time, change your mind, change your life. But in order to change your mind, you must become cognizant and aware of every single thing that you're pouring into it. You have to become very, very in tune with yourself and your spirituality. And I think where we fail is we continuously don't want to go down that path as as black people because it ain't that deep we can't be there it, it doesn't work no longer we have to let that stuff go and we got to move on to a new level where we say you know everything is that deep everything is that important and we need to be intentional because our lives 
our, our, our children's lives and those who come after us depends on us starting to take things very serious because people continuously mock us. Everybody takes us as a joke. We're the only people who don't take ourselves serious, but yet right. think everybody else needs to. And it's time for us to change that mindset, man. It's time for us to really say, you know what? We got to go get our own. We have to be serious about having our own. That's why when you say the Black-owned charter company, ownership is where it's at. Ownership yeah. is key. It is that deep. You can't expect for these companies to want to give us, you know, the equality that we're looking for, you know, when it's convenient to them. Man, you need to get your own. Then you won't have to worry about them trying to hand you anything. You don't have to ask them for nothing. Guess what? Because we don't need to ask you because we have our own. Right now, we don't have our own. On so many levels, we're forced to eat at the Chick-fil-A's and, and the Wendy's and all these other places because, shoot, what Black-owned fast food restaurants do we have? Name one. Name one mainstream Black-owned fast food restaurant that we have. You have your mom and pop places, your family-owned businesses that are here and there in your city. But when it's after 10 o'clock and they're closed, where do you have to go? Well, the only place that's going to be open is the Wendy's, those McDonald's, and those Waffle Houses, the same places that didn't right. give you the very rights you was asking for. Right. So until we get Black ownership, until we start taking things as being that deep, we aren't going to be able to get the true equality that we want. Heck, if I was them, I wouldn't give it. What, are you telling me I can, I can get what I want out of you? You're going to continuously spend your money with me because I know you don't have your own, and you want me. To give no, I'm not, I'm not giving you nothing. I'm gonna act like I'm giving it to you. That's why we have all this token symbolism going on. We yeah. asking for folks to get arrested, and they're giving us sidewalks painted. We don't want no sidewalks painted. We want change. You know what I'm saying? We don't want you issuing out a statement. We want you giving jobs. Like it, it's it, it's so funny how the very things that we ask for we're not getting. And you know what I realized is you need to stop asking. You just need to get your own. It's that simple. And man, if you have do you have anything that you wanna any questions that you have? If not, we can wrap it up. Yeah, I do. So, you know, you you got to talking about you know me and my flying and you know my experiences with that. Um, and, you know, how I got into it, but, you know, we also need to showcase some more black excellence, which is yourself and everything that you're trying to do, you're, you know, and you're, let me back, that you are doing, that you are accomplishing. So, you know, showcase and, and, and talk to the people about where and what, where you're trying to go and, and what your, you know what I'm saying, what your goals are and, and what are you trying to do? Well, yeah, I appreciate that, man. So, What's going on right now in my life, man, um, I still work my job. I got my career going on, but I'm, I'm working on things outside of that. So my lifelong goal is to become a motivational speaker. I love using my words and the way that God has blessed me to speak and, and impact people to really be of, of purpose on others' lives. So as you guys know, if you're listening to this, I go by the moniker Miles the Millennial. You know, I'm really not a millennial, but hey, I'm still going to go by it because that's how my mindset works. And in that, it's not just motivational speaking. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I give my thoughts and, 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 and mindsets on how to be successful in life at a young age. But I'm also, you know, the owner of Millennial Holdings, which is a business that's going to be operating all of my entities that I have planned. 
one of which is, you know, the biggest thing I have going is I'm in the process of writing a book. You know, it's called Change Your Mind, Change Your Life. And it, it's literally based on what I believe are the key areas in young adults' lives that we struggle with, that we need guidance on. And I'm in that book giving the mindsets that I believe will help you get through any challenges that you face in those in those subject matters. And I think it's the most important thing be, behind every successful person in the world is their mindset. It doesn't matter who you look at. You can pick anybody. Their mindset is on a different frequency than what 99% of the world is on. And yeah. if you want to be successful, you have to change your mind first. Yeah. And through having a certain type of mindset, it doesn't matter what challenge is thrown at you. You'll be able to excel through it. You'll be able to conquer it because it's about having a framework to go off of. You don't have to have the answer to every single situation. You just need to know the steps to take in order to find that answer. Yeah. And that's what I'm inspired to do is to give the steps to every single person. I believe my, my number one core value is love and, and it should be agopic. You know, it, it doesn't come, it's unconditional. It does not come with anything from you. I'm not asking anybody to do anything for me. All I want you to do is soak up everything that I'm, you know, giving to you. And the only thing actually that I will ask you to do is share it. Give mm -hmm. that same love, give that same mindset to the next person. Don't look for things in return because that's the only way we're going to really grow as a people. Not even just black people, everyone. So, yeah, that's that's it right there. I, I think that's huge, too, man, especially, you know, with everything going on, you know, so much hate, so much negativity going on in the world. It, it, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. You know, we, we look at we let's look at, you know, the suicide rates. The suicide rates right now are alarming. It's 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 so sad. You know, it, it's so sad and, and, it, and it hurts because it's it's for no other reason than those people feel like you know, they're not heard. They don't feel loved. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't feel wanted, you know? Yeah. You hear someone, you hit it right on the head, man. It's, it's your core value is love, man. Love is deeper than just between you and your significant other. Mm. Love is what you can give. Love is what you can share. Yeah. You know? That's real. And, you know, you, I would just say, man, you know, you you got you keep spreading that man. Keep spreading the positivity. Keep spreading mind altering movements and 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 mind altering conversations. You keep spreading it, man. Your your the book that you have. Just keep at it because you never know who you're gonna impact. You never know whose life you're gonna change. You know, it could be that one sentence. It could be one word. It could be one chapter. You never know. That's so. powerful, man. That's the whole goal. Well, man, I really appreciate you coming on today, being on the very first episode. You are literally the, the Kickstarter. You're the catalyst, man. Um, man, I, millennials I with the mindset. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, before we wrap it up, I'm just going to ask, is there any message or any last words you want to leave you know, the listeners with? <laughs> spread love stay focused and keep achieving you know keep going keep kicking down barriers you know and a wise guy once told me change your mind change your life live by it <laughs> I'm telling you it works 
Definitely works. <laughs> yes, sir. It do. It does. It really does, man. So, y'all, we really appreciate y'all tuning in to Millennials with the Mindset, episode one. You know, we talked about a lot of great things here. We talked about why it's important to claim your blackness in spaces where it usually isn't. You know, why ownership is so key, why love is so key. And, you know, being intentional, being intentional and, and making sure that you never think that things just ain't that deep. So I hope that this inspired somebody. If it did, if you found this powerful, I ask for y'all to go like and share. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. It helps me out a lot. Share this to other people. And man, let's just keep going. We're going to do this for a while. And I hope that it could really be of work to y'all. And I'm going to say this at the end of every single podcast. Change your mind, change your life. Thanks, y'all. We out.